0: Hello there, good morning, good day, whatever time of day it is for you, whatever floats your boat. You're listening to Left After Breakfast, here on 3CR. I'm Susanna Tuffy, and I'll be joined by the rest of the team a little later on, so stay tuned. In this program, I want to talk about the Religious Discrimination Bill. Yes, Religious Discrimination Bill in Australia. Ah, oh, well, let's have a look at what all that means, what it really means. And once again, we'll have a look at the incompetence of this current federal government and the absolute utter, utter waste of money on royal commissions into meaningless things. And what the results have we obtained from royal commissions into things that were worthwhile having a royal commission into? Once again, it's all down to this do-nothing government. All smoke and mirrors. We'll also have a look at this crackpot scheme of voter ID, which sounds innocent enough, but it's not. And it's something that this coalition government has borrowed wholesale from USA and from Trump. Before I do that, though, listener, I want to tell you very urgently to be on the lookout right now for thieving and scamming that's going on, especially online. It's that time of year when there are fake deals and lots of scammers. Now, this year so far, Australians have lost more than $12.9 million to fake online deals. So watch out for these dodgy deals. If you see something that looks too good to be true, well, you know what the saying is. It is too good to be true. It's just not true. Before you buy anything online, just be aware of the possibility of scams, particularly at this time of year, the probability of scams if these deals say pay by PayPal, which is a good way to pay. I've been using PayPal since 1999 and never had any difficulty with them whatsoever. But when they send you, when an online deal sends you to PayPal, have a look at the address, the URL, what's in the address bar. Is it really PayPal? If you're buying from a social networking site, well, I would be very, very careful there. But avoid anything that asks for, that will ask for upfront payment, that will ask for bank transfer or payment through digital currency, for heaven's sake, like Bitcoin. If you're waiting for your parcel, remember that scammers take advantage of people who are expecting deliveries. Australia Post and other parcel delivery companies will never, ever email or call you or text you asking for personal or financial information. In fact, most delivery companies, including Australia Post, of course, they have apps where you can track your parcels rather than clicking on a link in a message or in an email. It's very easy to get scammed. I've known a lot of clever people who've been scammed. I knew a union leader once who was scammed. The money was lost to that union leader's own account, not, of course, to the union. But I'm just saying that the most clever of people have fallen prey to these scams. Just keep an eye out and be very, very careful. Look, a good idea is, before you buy anything online, especially right now in this strange, you know, gift-giving season, is to check Scamwatch first. Have a read-through about what's common and what's been going down. That's Scamwatch. Scamwatch.gov.au Scamwatch.gov.au And stay safe from scams this season, listener. Three Bella Chow
1: Ciao, chao, chao, esta mañana me he levantado y he descubierto al invasor, oh partigiano, me voy contigo. Ciao, bella, ciao, bella, ciao, 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 artigiano. Me voy contigo porque me siento aquí morir. Y si yo caigo en la guerrilla, oh bella, ciao, bella, ciao, bella, ciao, ciao, ciao. Si yo caigo. del partigiano Oh bella ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao
0: version of Bella and let's hear from the 3CR resident historian his story, her story our story and today Glenn has a really strange bit of information about the ALP and their socialisation policy who knew the ALP had a socialisation policy Crikey. Well, good morning again, Glenn. Hello, my dear. How are you this fine Friday? Beautiful, beautiful Melbourne Friday. How can you fault that? I love this city.
2: It's a nice place to live, Melbourne. It is. It's a good place to live and, um, you know, it'd be
0: even better if it was a socialist Melbourne, like a red Melbourne. Oh, a socialist Melbourne. What a dream. What a pipe dream. An opium dream.
2: Well, it, it wasn't just a dream. If you can... Long before you and I were born, way back actually a hundred years ago, it was October 1921. The Australian Labor Party had its socialisation objective. The Australian Labor Party
0: had a socialisation objective.
2: You had the party of um, you know, um, John Brumby and uh, John Keran and Paul Keating, the in, Australian Labor Party, in 1921. Well, 1920 was a busy time around the world. You had the um, the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia. Had uprisings in places like um, Italy, Hungary, mm. Deutschland, and around the world, the ripple effect was felt. And um, people thought, like, mm.
0: like around the world, there was this feeling of change, of moving towards socialization. Yeah, oh, well, socialization objectives.
2: And the ALP was one part. they wanted to socialize not everything, but just um, the more exploited, the bigger reactionary parts of capitalism. And um, back in 1921. An early gathering of the unions, which was overseen by the ALP, the ALP chair, and um, they decided to after two days, they decided to have an objective for socialisation of the industry.
0: I tell you what, that would have been a good two-day meeting to attend, wouldn't it? It'd be not a nice talk with well, a few beers after.
2: June 9 19- and 12. Don't forget, June 9, 21. The ACT hadn't been formed; the ACT was formed a bit later. And even then, come 6 p.m. in Melbourne, there's no beer. Oh, of course.
0: Of course there was no beer. Come bet, Sunday, there's no beer. Oh, but come on, you know, the ALP conventions, oh, they would have had some, some bottles in well, the back of the room.
2: In June 1921, the ALP pushed for a socialisation objective.
0: And so what was on their socialisation objective okay. of 1921,
2: Glenn? It was a nationalisation of banking and all principal industries. That's they good. Are, the objective was the Australian Labor Party is a democratic socialist party and has the objective of a democratic socialisation of industry, production, distribution and exchange wow. to the extent necessary to eliminate exploitation and other eighty social features in these fields. Would you say that again, please? <laughs> the Australian Labor Party is a democratic socialist party and has the objective of a democratic socialisation of industry, production, distribution and exchange, to the extent necessary, to an exploitation, a other of anti-social features. If only. But it wasn't, didn't go down, wasn't accepted by everybody. In the ALP, there's an ALP federal conference held a few months later in Brisbane. And the same branches of ALP had supported it. They agreed. that WA branch, big branch, SA branch. But in Queensland, there's was a push led by Red Ted Theodore to water it down. Yep. Ted Theodore. Why he was called Red Ted is beyond me. He was the Queensland Premier. He was the Federal Treasurer under the Government of Scotland. He has some very shady business deals, but he wasn't impressed by the socialisation objective. He wanted to water it down. So the ALP argued black and blue in October 1921 about being socialist, And it was carried. For 22 votes to 10, the ALP Federal Conference agreed to socialisation.
0: No, oh, that's not bad.
2: we was done? October 21.
0: That's a hundred years ago last month. A hundred years ago. Mm. What but have we been doing since then? Not oh, much. Nothing. Do you know that in 1998, mm-hmm. any reference to socialisation, much less socialist, was removed from the Labour Party charter, constitution? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Someone went through it all. Well, it took a few of them to go through it, you know, word by word, yeah. and remove them
2: pay at one stage had on a socialist objective 100 years ago. What's become of it? I have no idea, my dear.
0: Well, it was news to me, Glenn. Should really have been news to, all the, to the listener as well.
2: Well, it was in 1921, and it's, um, it's history. Because I said, you know, there was a pushing up and there were people like like Morris Blackburn who were quite progressive. Uh, there were others there who were quite
0: progressive. Morris Blackburn. That's the one. So who was Maurice Blackburn in nineteen
2: twenty one? He was about to become a solicitor. He's in nineteen
0: twenty one. Morris
2: Blackburn. There's been a few generations of Blackburn. Must though, be. <laughs> there's been a few generations of Blackburns. Any one those um, those generations like like the Kennedys, I suppose, the Kennedys and you know.
0: Or like the, the Harry Evans billiard table manufacturers yeah. in Gertrude Street.
2: But anyway, socialization objective was passed, it was amended. And then put into practice. That's today's uh, story on your show, my dear. So, How uh, sad. Until I return on to Donna's show very soon, Chocula. Chocula.
3: You're listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital and on the internet. www.3cr.org.au
0: 3CR Religious Discrimination Bill what the hell is it all about? Is this proposed bill about being free from religious discrimination or is it about being free to exercise religious discrimination? They don't forget Australia is a secular country. We don't have religious discrimination in Australia and if there is, well it is illegal. You put your hand up and you say, hey, I'm being discriminated against because I'm Muslim because I'm Catholic or even because I'm atheist okay and that's because we have freedom from religious discrimination but now it looks like that's turning into freedom to discriminate against anyone you like and you claim that in the name of your religion back in 2011 when we were talking about equality in marriage. There was a change from religious freedom being about the right to be free from discrimination to being about the right to discriminate against others in the name of your religion. This was the year that the Australian Human Rights Commission released its first report on LGBT etc discrimination finding that significant gaps in the legal protection of discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and sex and or gender identity are at the state and territory level, and there are almost no protections at the federal level. But as the rights of people who are LGBTQ, as, as their rights gain more prominence, so too did these fears that religious freedoms would be harmed. There's a thing about this, I don't know, if you have freedom, that means I have less. This is how some people think. The legislation for marriage equality that went through in 2017 was a huge milestone for all of us. But of course, there was a backlash among other religious groups and the treasurer at the time by the name of Scott Morrison said, and I have it here, There are almost 5 million Australians who voted no in this survey and are now coming to terms with the fact that they are in the minority. That did not used to be the case. They have concerns that their broader views and beliefs are therefore under threat. Well, golly gosh, you knocked me down with a proverbial feather, Scott. There are almost 5 million people who voted no against marriage equality. And now they have to accept that they're in the minority. Well, they are in the minority. Now, that did not used to be the case, he said. Well, perhaps it wasn't the case, or perhaps it always was the case, but people didn't want to speak out. But because some people have received new freedoms with the Marriage Equality Bill, That doesn't follow that other people lose it. If you try and, you know, understand the reasoning behind it, you'll end up barking at the moon. Now, Malcolm Turnbull then, as the Prime Minister, set up something called a Religious Freedom Review. And guess who headed it up? Philip Ruddock. And even Philip Ruddock agreed that religious freedom was not in imminent peril. But the Morrison government took a religious discrimination bill to the 2019 federal election, and now they regard it as a key election commitment. The bill has been through multiple changes. It was supposed to be passed before the May 29th federal election. Now, some conservative Christian groups, and there are some conservative Christian groups in this country, and that man, the the fad of Sugar, Christensen, the member for Manila, he says that Christian groups have to have the right to discriminate. And don't forget Israel Falal In 2019, Falal lost his contract with Rugby Australia for his... ah oh, I can't think of a word that's harsh enough. I'll just say dreadful social media posts about LGBT plus people. Well, I suppose Falal's views are sincerely held by him. Well, that's his views, isn't it? But that's got nothing to do with anyone else in Australia. It's got nothing to do with the lives of gay and lesbian people, LGBTQ plus people. They live sincere lives too. So what you have to look at, at this idea of the bill, is whether it stops religious discrimination or does it maintain the privilege to act beyond ordinary standards of accountability. Now, right now, since returning from Glasgow, where he embarrassed and humiliated all Australians, Smirko Morrison has been on the campaign trail, well, most of the time in high-vis gear. Now, he's got to make up for time lost to lockdown and for quarantine, but he manages to zap around seats in New South Wales and Victoria. He can't get into Western Australia and Queensland, which is sad for him. Along the way, on this electoral trail he dropped various bits and pieces of policy and he wrote tested some scares against labour but whether he can make anti-labour scares believable well that's yet to be seen news poll brought in some bad news in what's become the public debate about the prime minister's character his trustworthiness rating fell right down and now of course he's in his own special sort of lockdown parliament is returning for its last couple of weeks of the year and it's likely to be pretty heavy but there are two key pieces of legislation here one is this religious discrimination bill or religious freedom to discriminate bill and also the bill for the long awaited the long awaited integrity commission but guess what The government is giving priority to the religious discrimination or religious freedom to discriminate. It's a pretty odd choice, really, when integrity is resonating very strongly with many voters. And, of course, when are we ever going to get an integrity bill? There's no obvious need for this religious bill, but Morrison has revived the push for it. Does Morrison see this as some kind of wedge against Labour? Well, for most voters, apart from the five million in the minority, well, it's an issue that's, you know, really neither here nor there. It's not an issue at all. It's just one more example, one more bloody example of having a rabid, a rabid Christian, right-wing Christian, sitting as our Prime Minister... I've just about had it with these Christians, listener. I'm sure that out there, there are some Christians who are okay people. I'm sure there are some okay people with religious beliefs who don't run around trying to jam it down everyone else's throat. There must be. There must be out there. But let me explain something as, as much as I can. Do I come knocking on your door and say, Good morning, I'm an atheist, and I want to tell you all about the benefits of humanism, how we can rise above petty squabbles and treat each other with respect. Do I do that? No, of course I don't. You don't find atheists knocking on your door trying to preach to you. Did anyone realise when they, and I mean they, the mythical, they whoever it was who voted for this Morrison did they realize they were getting a rabid right-wing Christian follower of Trump supporter of neo-Nazis did they realize that's what they were getting I would really like to find someone who voted for him and ask why and did you know this Did you understand what you were doing? Or did you just vote the way your parents did and let the world just keep continuing on and just hoping for the best or really not caring much because you're apathetic? I'm sure a lot of voters in Australia are apathetic. But we can't be apathetic. Let's know we can't be. We cannot let this government remain in power we can't allow it we owe it to ourselves not just to the next generation we owe it to ourselves it's enough to have the horror and the fear of the cashless welfare card upon us don't start me on that but we cannot allow these people to sit up there in parliament talking about their god how offensive is that How stupid is that? How shameful is that? You will
4: eat by and by In that glorious land above the sky Work and pray, live on hay You'll get high in the sky when you die That's a lie Long-haired creatures come out every night Try to tell you what's wrong and what's right But when asked about something to eat They will answer with voices so sweet You will eat by and by In that glorious land above the sky You die. That's all. Oh, the starvation army, they say. <laughs> while they sing and they clap and they pray, till they get all your coin on the drum. Then they'll tell you that you're on the bum. You'll eat. Something good in this life You're a sinner and a bad man, they tell When you die, you will surely go to hell Working men of all countries unite Side by side, we for freedom will fight When this world and its wealth we have gained To the grafters we'll sing this refrain Bye and admire when you've learned how to cook and to fry Chop some wood, twill do you good And you'll eat in the sweet by and by
1: You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, Melbourne's voice of descent. 3CR Community Radio, 855 on the AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au or on 3 cr Digital
0: in Melbourne. And while I'm urging you to get out there and vote and make sure all your friends and family and companions and people you meet on the bus stop and the train station know just what this federal government is up to and urging you all to vote, I'm not urging you to go out on the streets for a revolution, listener, though I might like to myself. But I'm not saying that. I'm just saying voting is the answer. There's a really big concern about voting, and that's the introduction of voter ID. So what's this new idea for Morrison? What's this idea of voter ID? Ask Bucko. He'll tell you.
5: I want to talk today about a very bad idea which our coalition government wants to introduce to our country. That idea is voter ID. It doesn't sound too bad until you begin to take a closer look. It's meant to fix a problem which does not exist in Australia. What the Morrison government wants to fix before any other problem in the modern world is voter fraud. Not women's and girls' safety, not hungry children or children as young as 10 being in jail, not the fact that the parliament has no professional code of conduct, not the fact that the Commonwealth is the only government in Australia which has no integrity commission. We have a particularly immature and sadly ill-informed set of parliamentarians and their cheerleaders. They come mainly from the loony-right think tanks and they are keen to import some really bad American ideas into Australia. Of course, the loony-right think tanks themselves are another import we could do without, but that's another matter. Suffice to say, we are stuck with them. Voter ID is really just dressed up racism and it's meant to stop Indigenous citizens from voting. They do that by demanding that when you front up to the voting booth, you show photo ID. If you don't have that, a credit card or a utility bill will do. What if you live in a remote community? You won't have a credit card and you won't have a utility bill unless you're the lessee of the property or the account holder named on the electricity bill. If you live in the city or a rural town, the problems will be similar. Should you go out and buy ID? There's a proof of age identity card in Queensland, but it costs over $70. What if the po- people at the polling booth don't like the look of you? Will you be ticked off the roll, as every white voter always is? Many Aboriginal people do not own driver's licence. Driver's licences are expensive And why would you go to the expense if you don't own a car? Passports. If you're not travelling overseas, you probably don't have a current passport. And if you do, you probably don't live in a remote community. If you don't have voter ID, you might be directed to cast a provisional vote. That, of course, involves delays, extra forms to fill in, and to people wary of authority, another possibility for things to go wrong. The ultimate irony is that you are fined if you don't vote. So do you take the chance of an interaction with white authority with all its risks or just pay the fine? Choices, choices. Still not much of a problem there as far as the twits from the IPA go. All white middle class professionals. No idea what it's like to live in the real world. And the other voters in Australia? Most of us have ID. We have licences or passports a fixed address, utility bills. In fact, we have multiple ways of proving our identity. Not so easy if you're very young, very old, homeless or illiterate. And that's the whole point of this attempt to limit the vote. It probably won't change one seat. But to the fevered imagination of the Liberal Party, it will stamp out fraud, which is virtually unknown. But it will look very good to head office Located somewhere in America. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you, Bucko. And you can find Bucko at askbucko dot com. Dear listener, I'm still trying to track down the oh so elusive Bag Man. He is in an undisclosed location at the moment for reasons I can't go into. Them really, it's not fair of me to tell you the reasons why he is in this undisclosed location. All I can tell you is, it has problems with connectivity. Seems like one of those dead spots. Apart from being undisclosed, I mean. Anyway, listener, this next song coming up, a great song, will give you a clue as to the next member of our team.
6: And take the bread from off my plate But you can't break me Lock me out, chain the gates Put black shirts in with dogs and mace I'll hold the line, won't step away Cause you can't break me I belong, you belong We belong to the union Don't count me out when I'm on the floor We'll win again, we've won before The streets will ring A mighty roar Cause you can't break me Stocks rise up on workers' backs Profits soar While you hand out the sack Boardroom bullies Bloated and fat But you can't break me Australia's sold To mates offshore Backroom deals and chunky law This day has come We say no more You can't break me I belong You belong We belong to you belong we belong to the union we won't turn away if you dare us to fight I swear I'll never lay down and die I'm in the union mate got a right to belong we'll be and strong Women and men united as one, cause you can't break me. There's a warning here to the men in grey. The piper's come, it's time to pay. We're taking back what you stole away, cause you can't break me. I belong, you belong, we belong to the union. I belong, you belong, we belong to the union.
7: Good morning, comrade. Good morning, listener. Let's see, Bill from the bush calling in. Hope you're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and all double-jabbed up. The shocking scenario, uh, listener, of the domestic and family violence. They're good at standing up in Parliament, heads bowed in silence for yet another senseless murder. When I first first seen that listener, I thought that they were there standing and bowing their head in shame for, for inaction for taking so long to do anything about this. But no, it was just a ploy for the cameras because there was an election looming. Uh, The response was to throw a bucket of money at it with no conditions attached. And who who was the recipient of this money? And who are they accountable to? Some private firm? Are they regulated? I don't know. Do we know? I don't think so. How many new refuges, refuges have there been built? No new legislation passed about breaching court orders. No register of repeat offenders of domestic family violence. You would think that some sort of commission would have been set up with legislative powers to deal with these bullies and murderers. You know, uh, listen, the building and construction industry has a special legislation and commission set up to, to prosecute them. But strangely enough, nothing for domestic violence, nothing for murder. Speaking of the Royal Commissions and the cost of them, let's look at the uh, amount of Royal Commissions have had in the building and construction industry and for what. What was the outcome of it? If you're a union member in the building and construction industry, you have to be looking over your shoulder all the time for the ABCC. That's the Australian Building and Construction Commission. They have legislative powers to take away your home, fine and jail you for doing your job. Example, uh, health and safety officers, shop stewards looking after wages and conditions. Now, when I say that, listener, it's about if there's a, a blatant uh, safety issue on a job that, he, um, that one of the members uh, picked out, seen the OH&S representative or the steward on the job, reported it. And they go to the boss and say, look, this is wrong. This is, you know, this needs looked at. And the boss ignores them and just get on with it. You know, you're, you're full of shit. Just get, get going keep working well then 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 action is usually taken on the job by withdrawing the the labor uh, from the job until that uh, uh, issue was fixed but that's usually the last resort but that never never gets pointed out that way anyway listener is the thing is that all these actions that are taken to make the job secure to make the job safe for, for those people for your sons your brothers your daughters your husbands the whatever in come the ABCC and start throwing fines around and pointing at the actual worker. You, you know, if you, if you don't get back to work, you can be fined. All this stuff is just just there, and it's legislative and it can be done. This is pointed at the the actual uh, worker. So, with all these royal commissions that they have and the money, the massive amounts of money that are spent on them, the terms of reference don't really seem to go to the to the contractors and to the uh, to the massive developers. That's where the Royal Commission should be. If you're going to have it and spend this money, that's where it should be directed at as, as the actual developers and what vested interests and who, who are invested in, in these companies. But no, it's just to attack attack the worker. And this, mind you, these 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 uh, Royal Commissions, listen, it cost hundreds of millions of dollars, probably closer to a billion. And really the aim of it is to break the back of the union movement. The ABCC has unlimited funds to pursue pursue corruption in the industry, and so far found nothing, or nothing of interest. No one's been jailed. No no one has, has you know they have they're fine different different unions, and they're fine different individuals. Is what it really is is to set up and and break the unions, really. May get the outcome for a huge amount of money spent instead of concentrating on the worker wearing a sticker on his hard hat or a Eureka flag flying from the crane. We all remember the Royal Commission listener into the um, into the banking sector. They had to be dragged hollowing and bellowing screaming and kicking into the to have this this Royal Commission. I would think that it was worth the money that because what it, un- it unearthed was just staggering robbing the dead and intimidation and whatever. What they expected to find in the building and construction industry, listener, they found in the banking sector, which sort of shake, goes, to, you really shake your head. And again, the cost, the cost to you, the taxpayer. So then's COVID-19. Well, that was a great, that was a great, real good case of leadership, that was. So they let people flood into the country weeks after the virus was killing people overseas, then waited until the World Health Organisation said, you may have to shut down, and travel in and out of your country. Well, old ScoMo, he nearly had a heart attack on that. He said, oh, we can't do that. All the other, then state premiers and everything. Oh, no, 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 we can't have that. Anyway, the flood of people coming here early and not being tested was another failure in leadership, especially when you think of what you, had to, what you have to do get a cat or a dog or an animal in the country at any time without quarantine procedures being followed let alone uh in a pandemic so it goes to the another question here listener where was Barnaby when all this was going on now Barnaby was the champion of the champion of the of the country when he had a go at old pistol and boo remember the two dogs of the of that Johnny Depp and his missus, well, they brought him in here, snuck him in in handbags or some bloody thing. Well, old Barnaby was gonna be, he's gonna be shooting him here and there. What he wasn't gonna do, deport him and put him in the stocks in the middle of the bloody city square and everything. Didn't hear him say much about the uh, pandemic when humans are dying, yet he wants to, you know, he wants to protect the country from uh, poor old Pistol and boot. Anyway nothing nothing surprises me about the old adulterer the old barnaby anyway the failure again in leadership in the purchasing distribution of vaccines to protect us from the virus this attitude of morrison's to roll out of the vaccine or as it be, as it has become known as the stroll out was typical of morrison's shelby ride right approach to an emergency that is he incapable of managing let's not forget listeners Morrison also said it was not he was not in a hurry to get the different vaccines rolled out or strolled out, mainly because they didn't buy enough in the first place. They tried to get the cheap deal. Then again, we have the ATO secrets to do with Dividend Keeper about the monies that were paid to these companies that were in receipt of uh, keeper or Dividend Keeper. Now, the Senate had an inquiry into this the tax office was called to give evidence because the tax office have, have the identities of these uh, companies that um, that room receipt of it. So the tax office has just refused to give a Senate inquiry information about 10,000 companies that received JobKeeper or DividendKeeper. It would have given the inquiry a chance to find out who was rotting the system, but the ATO Commissioner, Chris Jordan, Refused on the grounds of here we go another ass-covering acronym, another ass-covering name, called public interest immunity. So they go there, they trot that out in the um, in the Senate inquiry. Reckon they don't have to give evidence under that under that public interest immunity. So here we see the double double standard and hypocrisy of this government. If you are a person receiving social security entitlements, you are hounded, belittled, victimised, living in fear of the sound of the coalition's jackboot debt recovery team coming down the street to harass you, or send endless text messages, phone calls, and emails. But large companies and businesses don't have to show that they have done what they have done with the taxpayers' money. So, listener, why is it such a secret? And why, what are they hiding, these businesses? And how can they be allowed to get away with it? There are reports, listener, around $1 billion being paid to Dividend Keeper for some companies who did not need it, or may have, have been rorting the system. But little Joshy, you know, little Joshy, member for Kuyong for down there in, in Victoria, say that's okay. They don't have to pay it back. Unlike the above mentioned bong smoking Byron Bay holiday, beach surf surfing, cat surf and party and dole bludger for their alleged overpayments. Hypocrites again. And listener, your money again being wasted. Or if not wasted, show us where it's gone and, and show us who's been using it, who's been abusing it and have the same dogged approach to these businesses as you do to the individuals who are virtually on the bones of their arse. Yeah, that's about it this week, uh, comrades and listener. I'll go out in the same old way, dare to struggle, dare to win. If you don't fight, you lose. Good morning from Left After Breakfast, the only show left.
0: And thanks to the authentic BL from the bush. Good on you, mate. I wanted to keep you up to date, listener, about the Eureka commemoration, which, as you know, is next Friday, the 3rd of December. I was going to take you on a streaming from my phone, but, you know, I've had no response at all from people wishing to join me. And, seriously when I looked at the price of staying overnight in a motel or somewhere in Ballarat, the prices of places to stay has just gone through the roof. Everyone must be so happy to be let out of lockdown and they must have saved some money along the way. They're all running around Victoria taking up places. Well, good on them, but it's a bit out of my range to stay anywhere in Ballarat. So I thought, I know, I'll catch a train. There's a train at 5.40 a.m., That should get me up to Ballarat in time to the station and then a taxi cab to the stockade and set up my equipment ready to be streaming the commemoration service live to you. But no one has shown any interest, so I'm not going. I'll stay home instead, save myself some money and save myself getting out of bed at 4am to catch a train at 540 It's a shame. I'm disappointed that no one wanted to join me in a virtual stream of the commemoration of the Eureka Stockade. I'll see how we go next year. Perhaps one or two of you might like to join me. If just one or two people had shown interest in coming along, watching through their phone or their laptop to watch the commemoration and celebrations, I would have been happy to go along just for those one or two people. But as I say, maybe next year, eh?
3: From every corner of the world They came from all around When in 1851 They struck gold upon the ground Every voyage was a long one Months upon the stormy sea Some to seek their fortune Others escaping slavery what they found on the gold fields was ruled by brutish thugs. Discrimination and taxation mixed with swinging billy clubs. The gold was getting scarcer and cops were getting worse. The diggers burned their licenses and vowed to end this curse. They swore an oath beneath the Southern Cross. They'd stand together and break the license laws. From twenty different nations, they gathered here as one In Ballarat, beneath the southern sun The Crown tried to divide them, giving preference to some The diggers wouldn't have it, they said it's all of us or none They built a stockade While the redcoats massed nearby And they heard the miners shouting We're ready now to die The rebel miners waited For whatever lay in store And on one December morning In 1854 The redcoats attacked the camp Dozens there would fall Amongst these brave gold diggers Who'd risen to the call They swore an oath Beneath the southern cross They'd stand together And break the license laws From twenty different nations They gathered here as one In Ballarat beneath the southern sun The army thought it was over and things would go their way But when 15,000 miners rallied a month later on the day The Crown conceded everything All of their demands They'd want an end to license fees The right to vote and land So here's to Joe and Charlie Waller and the rest They drew the battle lines And put crown rule to the test The diggers may have lost the battle But they quickly won the day And those shots fired in Victoria Were heard ten thousand miles away They swore an oath beneath the Southern Cross They'd stand together and break the license laws From twenty different nations They gathered here as one In Ballarat beneath the Southern Sun They swore an oath beneath the Southern Cross They'd stand together and break the license laws From twenty different nations they gathered here as one In Ballarat beneath the Southern Sun
0: Pity I couldn't track down the oh-so-elusive bag man in his undisclosed location. And no, I cannot let you know why he is actually in that undisclosed location. And we won't be here next Friday, listener, because next Friday, the 3rd of December, is 3CR's 12-hour broadcast for International Day of People with Disability. Starting at 7am, the day will be produced and presented and featuring people with disability and covering a wealth of issues, opinion, music and visions. Left After Breakfast will be back on Friday the 10th of December and then Friday the 17th of December and then we'll go on our break. And after that, we'll see you next year. But I'll finish up today's broadcast with that song from Roy Bailey about refugees.
8: The food is all gone And the schools are all damaged Houses and hospitals flattened to dust They're making their way to a distant border To pay out their savings to find a new life Masalam, my friend, Masalam, dear neighbour I wish you much strength as you head out to sea You won't have a name when you reach a new country They will call you, will be refugee. Their fathers they worked so hard all their years. It took all the money they made in their life. Sons and daughters went down to the water, left in a boat that sank and they died. Masala, my friend. Masala, dear neighbor. We wish you much strength as you head out to sea. You won't have a name when you reach your new country. All they will call you will be a refugee. Now all are illegal. And all are not wanted The camps are all full So they have to move on Many hard roads to a distant country They're treated like outlaws Like criminals, refugees They'll die in the hills And they'll die in the deserts They'll die in the valleys, they'll die on the plains. They'll die on the barbed wire, they'll die under lorries. Both sides of the seas, they'll die just the same. ma my friend, ma dear neighbour. We wish you much strength as you head out to sea. You won't
9: have a name
8: when you reach a new country, and all they will call you will be refugee Their small boat sank it was so overloaded far out at sea with no saviour in sight Where were the life belts? where was the rescue the radio said they were just refugees Masalam my friends Masalam dear neighbour I wish you much strength as you head out to sea you won't have a name when you reach a new country all they will call you will be yeah. refugee Is this the best way We can help those in trouble Is this the best way We can give them a hand They drown in the seas They die in the bombings And all they will call them Will be refugee Masala, my friend Masala, dear neighbour wish you much strength as you head out to sea You won't have a name when you reach your new country And all we will call you will be refugee mar salam my friend Mar-Salaam dear neighbour We wish you much strength you head out to sea You won't have a name when you reach a new country And all we will call you will be refugees